0: This is WMNF with the Healthy Step show with Dr. Fred
1: Harvey. Dr. Hakan, how, how are you doing today? Wonderful. How are you today, Greg? All right. What do you have for us today, Doc? Today, our show is about um, chronic inflammatory response syndrome and its connection to our last show, chronic COVID or long COVID, and many other chronic inflammatory illnesses. So... Um, thanks for stepping in today with Bill being out. Um, so <sighs> chronic inflammatory response syndrome. Um, <clears throat> I've put a link on the Healthy Step Show site to surviving mold. Um, Dr. Richie Shoemaker has coined this term um, after watching many, many people have troubles uh, recovering from chronic illnesses. <clears throat> so In general, this syndrome is something that persists after we've had some other kind of challenge. Um, Like after COVID, we get long COVID. The definition of the chronic inflammatory response syndrome is that in genetically susceptible people, biotoxins bind to pattern receptors, causing continuing unregulated production of cytokines. All right, I know that's a lot of science jargon. Let me break it down for you. Genetically susceptible. That means people who have changes in the control codes, that is in their DNA, that alter the body's ability to do the job of removing biotoxins effectively. Okay, so what's a biotoxin? That is a poisonous substance produced by a living organism, such as the um, spike protein protein, from coronavirus or the cell surface opsonin proteins from Lyme disease. Pattern receptors, these are the antennae of sorts on the immune cell surfaces that recognize foreign substances and trigger an action by that cell. So these receptors basically hear a signal and the signal is gonna be a biotoxin signal and that's going to trigger an action by that cell. The action usually is an inflammatory change. And one of the things that the cells do is they start producing something called cytokines. We've talked about these before. Cytokines are communication molecules made by immune cells and other cells like the islet cells in the pancreas that make insulin and the uh, glandular cells in the thyroid that make thyroid hormone. These Cytokines attract more immune cells and cause inflammation directly. Cytokines damages tissues directly. So, as we've seen in the condition long COVID, or even in acute COVID, which is an autoimmune response that is overwhelming, it's not just an infection, capillaries leak. So, the very tiny, tiny uh, blood vessels leak, and so you get fluids Entering tissues. That's why the lung problem is an issue in COVID. It, it fills up with extra fluid. Um, inflammation system symptoms like unstable temperature, high temperature, low temperature, uh, difficulty concentrating, muscle aches, fatigue, and headaches go along with this syndrome. And um, cytokines also do some other things. That, oh, they cause those symptoms, for one thing. And they, the, the, Uh, It also increases clotting when it combines with some clotting factors. Again, that sounds a lot like COVID because people were having clot problems there. And in the nervous system, damage can result in dysregulation of production of important hormones like MSH, melanocyte-stimulating hormone. It's got a lot of different functions. But when you don't stimulate your melanocytes, melanin-producing cells, you you... have sleep disorder, chronic pain, you perceive pain more. Um, That sounds like fibromyalgia, malabsorption with changes in um, your bowel function and adrenal function and sex hormones, especially testosterone. So the definition of SIRS to warrant a diagnosis of this syndrome, you have to have the history and signs and symptoms consistent with this biotoxin exposure so mold toxicity is one of those. That's why the site is surviving mold. Um, and you have to remember that there have been estimates that over 50% of all residential buildings in America have mold problems. So if you have these weird symptoms, you might want to get checked. Yeah. Um, history should include exposure to toxin-producing molds, um, and they should, uh, you should have a documentation. You need an environmental relative mold index test, an ERMI test, ERMI, EPA-approved. Several companies do those. And um, other times I've seen this occur in people that have had ciguatera poisoning. That comes from eating fish or shellfish in tropical waters where a blue-green algae grows and produces a toxin called ciguatera toxin. And so we should at least have a history of exposure or a blood test that tells us that it was on board or a urine test. Um, And then you need to have something else. This doesn't happen to everybody because a lot of people are exposed to mold and they don't end up with these symptoms, as we know. And what really is uh, necessary is a genetic predisposition. This is true for all autoimmune disease. The key factors are uh, some sort of inciting agent, some sort of... um, um, Cellular inflammation and some sort of susceptibility genetically. And so um, we can do um, uh, susceptibility testing. And um, there's some really uh, very good uh, um, available tools for that. And then for Sirs, um, Dr. Shoemaker has come up with a thing called the visual contrast sensitivity testing. That's the one he applies. It's been used for many years. And what it checks is not whether you can see, but whether you can interpret what you see. It's very interesting because it actually looks to see if your brain is working. When your eyes are, and you can compare this because you can do a visual acuity test and say, Oh, your visual, vision's 20 And then you can do a visual contrast sensitivity and realize that you can't see. And that means your brain is dysfunctional. And that is a definitive neurologic sign of um, this SERS syndrome, the chronic inflammatory response syndrome. And then biomarkers, which are tests, results, you know, proteins or other things we find in the blood or urine, consistent with a neuroimmune, in other words, brain on fire, vascular um, endocrine abnormalities that characterize this syndrome. And so, if you have all these things, then it's quite possible you do have um, SIRS. And. So, just to run through the symptoms that are most common um, in in over 30 different signs and symptoms that have been documented in these people, fatigue and weakness are number one. Post-exertional malaise, fatigue and pain, go with that. Um, Memory problems, difficulty with concentration and executive function disorientation, confusion, headaches, vertigo, lightheadedness. Look at all these neurologic symptoms. And then we also have the muscle aches and cramping and joint pains, but there's no obvious inflammatory arthritis. You know, in, in rheumatoid arthritis, you get the big swollen joint. In this one, you just ache and there's no sign of it, even on an x-ray. You get hypersensitivity to light, blurred vision, <clears throat> changes in tearing, coughing, asthma-like illnesses, reactive airway disease. Uh, Somebody who's an adult who never had asthma as a child is likely getting a toxin that's causing the asthma because asthma is something that happens when you're younger because of the way the immune system is set up. And that's also a predisposition. Chronic sinus congestion is another symptom. Air hunger or unusual shortness of breath, abdominal problems, including cramping and diarrhea. And so, These are all a really wide group of symptoms that many people experience. And it sounds a lot like the people that have had post COVID syndrome. And what's interesting is that this is not, you know, we're seeing a crossover here. And, um, I think that, uh, Um, we need to understand that there's other things that present like this. And this is a symptom or a syndrome that is not isolated to just this name. I mean, using a label like this does put it in a category and helps you look for certain special things about it, like the mold. But when we look at other diseases, which we will hear in a second, um, we can see that there's a lot of uh, very similar presentations. But for now, I'd like to remind everybody that this is a call-in show and an email show. And so uh, the email is dj at wmnf.org. The air studio is 813-239-9663. And you can text the DJ at 813-433-0885. This is WMNF Tampa. So um, as I mentioned, there are other diseases that come to play here. And we need to discuss the, the, the iterations of this disease. And one of them is chronic fatigue syndrome. I'm sure everybody here has heard at some point about chronic fatigue syndrome. Uh, it's been talked about for many years. I mentioned the first articles came out on this one in 1987 after the Incline Village, Nevada outbreak of a virus that caused half the town to become chronically fatigued. There's a link here for the mayo clinics definition of it but let's go to symptoms symptoms of chronic fatigue syndrome can relate to this very closely fatigue number one problems with memory or concentration sore throat headaches and large lymph nodes in the neck or armpits unexplained muscle or joint pain dizziness that worsens with moving from lying down to sitting or standing unrefreshing sleep extreme exhaustion after physical or mental exercise do those sound familiar they do to me The cause of chronic fatigue syndrome is still unknown. This is for the Mayo Clinic, and this is where Western medicine is having difficulty (coughs) because they like to use labels, and labels are really important because it helps us have guideposts, but when you stick to the labels, you have trouble. So the cause of the chronic fatigue syndrome is still unknown. Some people may be born with a predisposition to the disorder, which is then triggered by a combination of factors, and they say that viral infections, including Epstein-Barr virus and human herpes virus number six, might be associated. They also talk about um, um, viruses triggering the disorder through something called viral protein mimicry. Viral protein mimicry is where a virus protein might look like a human protein and trigger your body to act against your human protein instead of the virus protein when the virus protein isn't around. (sighs) That says a lot. Immune system problems. Obviously, we just discussed Immune system problems there if it's actually acting that way. Uh, Hormonal imbalances definitely uh, can be associated, but not causative. And physical and emotional trauma, again, these are not causes. These are all associated, as we discussed with the uh, uh, CIRS. It sounds very similar. And so this is where I'm seeing that they flounder because they're going on a system, uh, sorry, a symptom based, illness based rather than a systems biology based approach. When you look at the situation through the functional medicine lens, as Dr. Shoemaker and colleagues have done with CIRS, you get to understand there's a deeper causality than simply stating a viral infection or an immune system problem. There was even a recent article in Scientific American discussing our current new insights on autoimmune disease that specifically says the viral protein mimicry concept is not showing up to be accurate. In fact, one of the authors is starting to get it. I'm really, I'm really pleased with this. I'm, I'm going to read a quote. Recent genetic studies indicate that cells afflicted in rheumatoid arthritis and multiple sclerosis have overactive genes that code for disease-related proteins, and immune cells home in on these targets. Dr. Sonia Sharma, from the La Jolla Institute for Immunology, says there could be ten steps between an initiating event and the ultimate attack on a target tissue by immune system cells we've been looking at step 10 listen to that there are 10 steps between the beginning and the actual manifestation of disease and we have been looking she says at step 10 whereas we should have been looking at steps one two and three yes it's almost like we've been working backwards yes you have been if researchers could understand these early steps that could lead to better treatments cures or even measures to prevent disease that's amazing They're finally getting it. I'm so excited that Western medicine in the science area is starting to think about things on a broader basis rather than simply a diagnosis and a specific chemical to treat the diagnosis. Because when you look down at it, when you think about all the triggers, all the things that lay in our bodies, lay in our minds and change our situation to create these new problems, we look at pollution, air, water, and food pollution. Think about it. Some of those things they call food, you can buy at these fast quotes food places, they're just chemical swill pressed together into a patty that you can ingest for some reason. But there are 90,000 synthetic chemicals created since 1950 that the F, or the, the, um, the EPA has allowed to come onto use without testing. They've only tested about 12 of these chemicals out of 90,000. At least in Europe, they've tested about 1,800. So we really don't even know what these chemicals do, but we're allowed to have them in our food, on our Uh, uh, clothing, in our water. Hygiene hypothesis. This is that we have made ourselves too clean. We have cleaned up the system so much that we actually overreact to things now. That's an interesting concept, but I don't completely believe that's the whole thing here. I think that we are actually increased in reactivity because we have so many things to react to. And then diet. Of course, our diet is completely different than it was a hundred years ago. We ate from the ground a hundred years ago. And think about um, um in 19 uh, uh the post-war the 19 mid-40s on for about 15 years we had victory gardens victory gardens are gardens where people grew their home food because there wasn't enough to go around because we were sending it all to the war effort and so we really need to look at our diet again and get back to eating more whole foods and the way we used to. I remember when I grew up in Pennsylvania in the 70s, I got grass finished beef and it was amazing. Grass finished means it just lives in the yard the whole time and they don't get called in to get uh, a pile of corn at the end to make them fat. Um, but um, So the diet directly affects the next issue that has been discussed in the Scientific American articles, microbiome diversity, their gut our gut helps control inflammation. And if we don't have the right groups there, we tend to get more inflamed. So um, Carolyn is on the line.
2: Hi there. Um, I just want to say um, amen, amen um, what you've been saying. Um, I've been dealing with autoimmune disease um, ooh, for a long time, never knew what it was. And um, you were so right about it's like your whole system. That's involved. Yes. And so many doctors just look at their little piece of the puzzle, but who yes. puts it all together? And uh, you're, you're just so spot on. I'd like to. I'll know. tell you
1: who puts it all together for you. That's the functional medicine doctor. And you can find functional medicine doctors all around this country and around the world going to ifm.org or functionalmedicine.org. Um, there's a doctor search on there, and you can find people like me all over the place and more and more of us every day
2: to find a great rheumatologist and a great primary care doctor who actually listened. Wonderful. Didn't just dismiss me as stressed out old lady. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that does happen a lot. In the Scientific so American nice. article, they talk about how it's women that get dismissed a lot because it's 80% women that get these diseases and they get told to take some Prozac.
2: A thousand million percent. And then it makes you worse because you're just masking what the real yes. problem
1: is. And, yes, um, and upsetting the system so it can't communicate right.
2: Exactly. There's a great book I'd like to share with you and the listeners. Um yes. it's called, let me put you on speaker. Um it really hit home for me. Um and and again with what you're talking about, it's 100%. It's called The Lady's Handbook for Her Mysterious Illnesses. And it's Oh by great. Sarah Ramey. Sarah, And Sarah Ramey? The, yeah, R A M E Y. I'll put I'll send you the link on email. But okay. it's a it's a memoir of a person named Sarah Ramy. She had a years long battle with a mysterious illness that doctors thought was all in her head, but wasn't. And it's it's funny and harrowing and um so so relatable for so many of my friends. As a matter of fact, she has an acronym of her own. Yes. W O M I Women of mysterious illnesses,
1: something like uh-huh. that. <laughs> truly. It's it's so on point.
2: Yeah, really. So it, on the bright side of all this COVID crowd, at least now people are paying attention, may, and more science will be happening about autoimmune
1: stuff. So, thank well, you I really so think um, COVID, in that sense, has been a gift. It's it's really brought forth um, so much more interest in finding truth in science.
2: Yes, and the doctors maybe now are looking at our entire system, like you with how our diet movement and everything is connected and just knowing what's going on at the cellular it's not my imagination
1: it is not your imagination and 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 to all you women out there who have these mysterious illnesses it is not in your head although it is because fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome and cirs are affecting your brain and that's why you have mood changes and hormone changes
2: exactly it was such a relief to get a diagnosis um yes. I have polymyalgia rheumatica and I was oh, stability yes. from that and but but it was just another in a long series of autoimmune and, so and you know my grandfather had stuff and nobody knew what what it was and I just feel some hope now for the future so thank you for what you do and
1: You're appreciate- so welcome. I would suggest that you get looked at for mold because I have seen polymyalgia rheumatica in many patients that have mold toxicity.
2: Oh, yes. And mold is everywhere. I've, it I've is. I've worked in the school system and I've worked in, you know, I've lived in old homes. It's everywhere. Yep. And with my stuffy nose, I can't always
1: smell it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably the mold too. <laughs> so, yes, I think uh, it would help to get deeper because I know that your primary care doctor listens and that's fabulous, but they don't always have all the functional tools to look at what still may be out of balance to help you get to optimal function.
2: Right. I'm going to check it out. And, um, Yeah, ifm.org, right?
1: Yes. Yes, indeed.
2: I will check that out. The um, author in that memoir, by the way, she got um, triggered with a virus or something. She caught by swimming in Lake Walden. Mm. (laughs) Of all places. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) So um, I'll email you the link for that book.
1: Great. Thank you, Carolyn. Have a great day. Thank you. And nice week. you too, sir. Appreciate you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I just wanted to mention that, yes, we are uh, a call-in show. And uh, this is WMNF.org Tampa or dummy MNF Tampa and the uh, um, uh, email DJ at WMNF.org air studio 813-239-9663. And you can text the message to 813-433-0885. Um, we have a um, email from David and David. David has a question. He says, I'm surprised there are not more stories on this locally, but did you know about the blue-green algae bloom under in the Hillsborough River near Lettuce Lake Park near I-75 in Fletcher in Tampa? I think we should all be more concerned about this since the algae is toxic. Absolutely. It's from uh, WFLA News Channel 8. There's a link here. Um probably could just google um the uh, blue green algae bloom in hillsborough river yes this stuff is toxic it's coming from uh, pesticide runoff from the summer rains and so we need to actually really cons- reconsider what we're doing to our environment by allowing people think about this allowing people to put herbicides pesticides and fertilizers on their nasty grass lawns that are wasting water every day that we water them remember try to ban lawns in your neighborhood. <laughs> a little controversial, but it's time. We need to stop wasting water on lawns and start growing food on them. So uh, back to the uh, uh, discussion, fibromyalgia. CDC has some information on that. Uh, they call it a condition that causes pain all over the body. Uh, sleep problems, fatigue, emotional, mental distress, um, people with fibromyalgia are more sensitive to pain. Um, it's called abnormal pain perception processing. This is in the brain. Uh, they say it affects about 4 million U.S. adults, about 2% of the population. But it's interesting that, um, that fibromyalgia is, is much more easily diagnosed because people have this terrible pain. But... Um, According to uh, the Institute of Medicine, there's an estimated two and a half million Americans that suffer with chronic fatigue syndrome or its other name, um, uh, myalgic encephalitis. And the thing is, most of those have not been diagnosed because they're fatigued and they get told, eh, it's in your head. They don't actually look at any physical things because they're not really talking about physical things. So the, again, listen to this, symptoms, pain and stiffness all over the body, fatigue and tiredness, depression and anxiety, sleep problems, problems with thinking, memory and concentration, headaches, including migraines, tingling or numbness in the hands and feet, um, TMJ syndrome, digestive problems, including irritable bowel with diarrhea. Does that sound familiar? It sounds familiar to me. I think we're onto to something here. Known risk factors, sex, women, twice as likely to have it, stress uh, or traumatic events such as car accidents, post-traumatic stress disorder, um, repeated injuries, illness, family history. It sounds like the same kinds of things, mental and physical and infectious disease stress all are causing this. Looks like we have some emails coming in. Um, Wisteria says, good morning. Uh, Is cholestyramine a safe mold detox? Actually, cholestyramine is a binding agent that was, uh, it's a resin, a synthetic resin that helps to bind cholesterol and other things and remove them from the body. Um, So it is one of the uh, things we use in mold detoxification. And you can learn more about mold detoxification from Dr. Shoemaker's site, Surviving Mold. Um, There are many of us that use his protocols. Um, I have... Um, 27 other certifications, and I did not get his certification yet, but I apply as much of that protocol as I possibly can because it helps people get better. Um, let's see. Uh, Rob says, I'm curious to see the Mayo research uh, paper that I'm referring to on chronic fatigue. Um, the um, uh, link is actually at healthystepshow.com, and you can find it in my uh, show notes. And Barbara, from Tampa, is on line one.
3: Good morning.
1: Hi, Barbara. Hi.
3: Hey. Um, I was wondering, my daughter, my granddaughter, has a lot of congestion. Um, for example, the other night she woke up with just full of um, mucus and coughing in her sleep, and I noticed that she she does. That happens to her quite often. I guess sometimes she she, is ha- she does have a cold, but it, at other times we think it's allergies. She has had COVID though, and I'm mm-hmm. wondering if you have any insight on what you know we could do about this.
1: Well, did that syndrome happen after COVID?
3: Um, maybe I can't remember. She had COVID mm. a couple of years ago.
1: Um, oh, okay. So, um, well, she sounds like she has a chronic persistent problem here. Um, has she seen her regular doctor yet?
3: Yes. Uh, yes. I, I think they've brought it to their attention. I don't think they've made a particular diagnosis or maybe they just thought it was like, you know, part of her having a cold or maybe allergies. I mean, I'm not Sure.
1: Well, um, are the my daughter, are the symptoms my consi-
3: Takes her to the doctor, so you know I don't know.
1: Yeah. What, well are they are they, they, they ongoing symptoms like permanent or is this like comes and goes like frequent colds? Comes
3: and goes, comes and <clears> goes.
1: Yeah, and that can happen with um um some of these syndromes. I think that she deserves um a a a look at by someone who is interested in diet and 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 other um potential challenges. Um, you know, the, one of the first rules of um, making the immune system strong is to eliminate as many toxic influences as possible. So, processed foods go away. Um, whole foods come in. Um, organic foods fill the um, table, not um, non-organic foods, with the exception of looking at the environmental working group's great work in the dirty dozen and clean 15. Um, ensuring good quality sleep, ensuring good quality water, and eliminating sugary drinks from the diet, uh, eliminating pasteurized dairy from the diet. All these things help clean up the system. Eliminating gluten and convenience foods associated with gluten from the diet really changes your entire immune makeup. Wow, that
3: sounds like it might be a challenge. <laughs>
1: Well, it is a challenge for everybody because in America, we have absolutely no good nutrition education. Our schools provide slop because it's basically processed crap. Pizza, come on, pizza as a choice at lunch? How about a salad and no pizza? <laughs> salad with some good quality um, protein on it, uh, a pasture raised egg. You know, I, I don't know why children are eating Skittles. They shouldn't be allowed. Those things should be banned because they have poisons in them. Those colors are poison. They cause allergy. They cause recurrent cold. They cause immune disruption. And why do teenage boys wear that nasty axe stuff? The the hormone manipulation that comes from those artificial fragrances in there causes mood changes and difficulty with concentration and immune challenges. So we have so many things that our society accepts as same old, same old, do it again, Sam. No, we have to stop the madness. And the only way we're going to actually get a country that's healthy is by stopping making it ill purposefully.
3: I wish, you know, I try to do what I can when I have, you know, control over the situation as far as diet and so on. But that's not always in my hands, So
1: No, it sounds like your daughter needs some education, and it's difficult um, to do that. Um, Have her listen to the show. (laughs) (laughs)
3: that's a good idea all right well um i'll do my best and don't you agree that a salad even if it has caesar dressing on it is better than no salad at all because that's what i can get down the child you know caesar salad
1: just limit the amount of dressing there should be more lettuce than dressing okay all All right right.
3: thank you very much
1: you're so welcome I have um, an email here from Keaton. Um, Thank you for your education. My mother deals with such issues and doctors not wanting to listen to her or with her autoimmune problem. Um, The name of the the functional medicine website is the letters IFM or the word functionalmedicine.org. Either either way will direct you there. IFM.org or functionalmedicine.org will get you to a functional medicine physician. So since we don't have any callers, I'll mention that the air studio number to engage today is 813-239-9663. You can text the DJ at 813-433-0885 or email us at DJ at WMNF.org. This is WMNF Tampa, and you're listening to the Healthy Steps radio show with Dr. Fred Harvey. So, on we go. Um, More diseases. Post-Lyme disease syndrome. I'm calling it post-treatment Lyme disease syndrome because um, chronic Lyme doesn't necessarily tell us what's really happening here. Chronic Lyme disease is what many people have used as a descriptor for this in the past, but most of the time when I test these people, I cannot find active Lyme disease. But what I do find is Triggered inflammation. Um, The uh, CDC states that a patient with documented episode of early or late Lyme disease, fulfilling the case definition of Lyme disease, and there's definition for that. But if if you've had Lyme disease, and then after recommended treatment of the episode of Lyme disease, there is resolution or stabilization of the objective manifestations. Um, of the Lyme disease. So, you know, seeing the target rash or having fevers or things like that. And then after having recovered from the acute onset of any of the following subjective symptoms within six months of the diagnosis of Lyme disease. And so these include um, fatigue. Hear that one before? Widespread musculoskeletal pain. Complaints of cognitive difficulties. Sleep disturbances and um, persistence or continuous relapsing symptoms for a six-month period after the antibiotic therapy. And in addition, um, the um, paresthesia, headaches, dizziness, mood changes, visual changes. Here we go, visual changes again, the blurry vision. This is where the visual contrast sensitivity test comes in because you can pick up brain dysfunction when you actually look at these um, areas of concern, you can actually see that there is what's called an encephalopathy, um, which would go along with the um, ME terminology, the my- myalgic encephalopathy or encephalitis. Um, Gary is on the line. Hey, good morning, Doc. How are you? Great. Gary, how are you? I'm doing fantastic,
4: man. I love your show. You've done a great job since Eve was there, and you've enlightened so many people on the truth of great nutrition. So God bless you. Thank you. It. Hey, so as you were talking about the salads, I'm making my big organic salad that I have every day.
1: It's, Excellent.
4: Uh, I use olive oil. Can you use too much olive oil? Or, you know, I'm using the cold press, 1st press, the good stuff. I mean, it's, and I use balsamic. I just make my own up.
1: Yes. the dressing. So— I think that, um, yeah, we can eat too much fat, but honestly, a couple of ounces of olive oil a day is going to actually beneficially affect your heart and your brain and your inflammation because there's and that, that green slightly bitter, very fragrant olive oil. There are amazing chemicals like oleopurins, and these are highly protective for the vascular system. We don't eat enough olive oil in this country, Um, but uh, it's really good for you, and I think it's a great idea for you to make that salad. Uh, One of my um, dietitian colleagues gave me an article one time that said that 35 different vegetables, different plants... In your diet, on a daily basis, creates the best microbiome. Can you imagine getting to 35? I can. It's easy when you actually well, you know, do li- little bits of it. Think about how many herbs you could put in your dressing um, uh, and how many different vegetables you can throw in that big old salad.
4: Well, it, you know, it, and actually, the grocery stores have made it slightly easy because, you know, they have the organic spring mixes that they have yes. on all their shelves. Yes. So, for me, I'm 61, six foot, 225. Um, I'm not fat, I'm a weightlifter, but I have the salad, the organic mix, I do a, uh, a clover sprouts, alfalfa sprouts, broccoli, radishes, Vidalia onions, if I can get those, or there's a great organic farm in, in season here in Sarasota that I use, but yes. it's just, it's fantastic, and it makes it makes it easy, so, you know. They just need to get out there. And also mushrooms. I love to put portobello mushrooms. You can just mix anything in there and just, just make it delicious and just. Absolutely.
1: You're on it, man. I I love that salad. I think I'll have to have one for lunch too.
4: (laughs) I have told I make a great salad by everybody that comes over. Generally speaking, I'll have some chicken or some type of meat from the night before and I'll do little strips of it for some protein. Now today I don't, but um, generally speaking, I do add a little protein to it, but uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's easy to do and it's You know, you can even, you can uh, sometimes during the week, just for everybody out there, I get those little bags like they use at the grocery store and I pre-make my salad six days in a row. So all I got to do is drag it with me and I have a little uh, uh, um, salad dressing that I make that I bring as well. And it's, it's, it's a lot better than stopping at, you know, a restaurant because, Oh, it
1: truly is. It's less expensive, too. And you can control the ingredients and make sure it's all organic. And also, if you don't have leftover meat or whatever from the night before, you can always take a can of sardines or tuna or salmon with you or get some smoked salmon and throw some of that on top.
4: Yeah, no, do that, too, as well. So yeah, Excellent. Great. I
1: mean, you know, it's it easy. So get out of America. Let's get help. Definitely. Thanks, Gary. Have a great Thanks. week. You, too. Bye. Todd is on the line. Good morning.
4: Hey, Todd. Yeah, um, what happened was I got a situation right quick. Um, I used to work there too, by the way. Anyway, um, I took some antibiotics and it wiped out my system, my good gut flora. And I'm, I'm, I'm having a lot of health problems since then. And I'm trying to see what is the best way to try to rebuild your, your, your gut flora um, like that. Because um, I'm having a lot That's of healthy. health healthy. And it just went, hey, well, I took some antibiotics I shouldn't have.
1: So um, the way to recover uh, from that, um, definitely get a lot of soluble fiber. You want to eat good vegetables of soluble fiber because that supports your good microbiome. So things like um, mangoes and uh, green onions, jicama and zucchini, um, sweet potatoes and okra all have really good soluble fiber. Oatmeal with that slick nature to it. That's, that's soluble fiber. Also, you want to get some uh, regular fiber in too. So salads also help. You want to get organic. You want to get local. Local organic stuff actually has some local microbiome on it. Um, and so you actually put some of that in. Also, locally grown and fermented um, um, products like Local uh, sauerkraut is available. Uh, There's a company in Bradenton that does it, and there's also a wonderful woman at the Sarasota Farmer's Market who does it. Um, I don't know, uh, but I assume that there's going to be a bunch at the St. Pete Farmer's Market um, because that's a huge market. So naturally fermented uh, vegetables are really an excellent source of good microbiome.
4: Okay, and one other quick um, question. I had, I threw up the other day and um, I had a sharp pain. I don't know if it was my kidneys or my liver on the right side and it made me throw up. And I don't know which one it is. I'm trying to get help for it.
1: Um, what, what? Well, what, what, what? right side has the liver and the gallbladder. And if this occurred after food, it might have been your gallbladder reacting to the food you were eating. It's been going on for a month. Yeah, I, I got, I got, I got, caught up. I got a pain. It's been going on for a little while. So, um, mm-hmm. So you need to get evaluated for that, because that could be an active gallbladder problem. It's hard to tell without somebody looking at it. Okay. All right, right. Todd. Take care of yourself, my friend. All right. Um, I think we have Sharon on the line. Hello. Hi, Sharon. Hi,
0: Dr. Harvey. This is Sharon. Um, um, I really appreciate, um, this information that you're giving today, um, I um, I am diagnosing myself with, um, you know, the chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, um, you know, um, autoimmune, uh, even though um, I've gone to numerous doctors numerous times and... Um, have been rejected for even mentioning any of those things, and um, they respond with no help at all. Um, you know, I work. I did work. Yes. It was hard for me to work, but I worked, and um, you know, I'm I, I I keep on keeping on. But um, you know, if if I do go to a functional medicine doctor, um what what type of uh what type of treatment um you know suggestions do you give or what, what do you what do you, where do you start off at i mean i don't want to start at the beginning you
1: well you, you have to start at the beginning though and that's that's one of the, men, the things i mentioned to the woman whose granddaughter is constantly sick you have to start with foundation you have to start with uh, good water Good food, good sleep, good relationships, um, and start building up from the ground. And you need, I believe, a functional medicine doctor to do some testing to figure out which areas of concern are out of balance with you because they're, you know, once we find out what deficiencies or excesses there are, we can help modulate the system with, um, supplementation, lifestyle changes and with uh, medication if necessary. So. You really need to find a, a good doctor who's willing to listen to you, because it apparent is apparent from your statements that they're not listening to you.
0: Yeah, um, no, they they, right. they definitely are not listening to me. Um, which you know, um, I I've actually had to go. I talked. To, I went to a psych. I'm seeing a psychiatrist for years, just telling him that they're not listening to me. <laughs> And you know, I just and unfortunately, I, psychiatry I a therapist. And I go to yeah, the therapist, yeah. telling them they're not listening to me. You know, right? Um, and you know, I'm I'm a very peaceful, mellow person. And um, you know, um, you know, has
1: the psychiatrist I, done as the psychiatrist done genetic testing to figure out which meds would be better for you? No good because it doesn't work i just read an article yesterday that this whole thing about genetic testing to find the right drug is absolutely worthless And in any event um you need to find some help my dear and i would say go look for one of those doctors ifm.org and get get evaluated you need somebody to help you here
0: yeah um well I, i mean you're in sarasota and you know that's a ways away so, Yeah,
1: so you need to do a, a, a search And find someone to help you locally And I've got to move on So have a lovely day you. You're thank welcome you. Ryan from Seminole
4: Yeah, hey, good morning, Doc. I'm calling on behalf of my girlfriend um, She's got uh, osteoporosis uh, Weak bones Her doctor's given her some medicine for that too. Uh, She takes once a week uh, to build up to strengthen her bones, uh, I think it's like a three-year maybe uh, prescription. But there are side effects, and sh- and she had mac- maxiofacial surgery from some sinus issues years ago, and she's getting some pain in her jaw. And this one of the side effects of this medicine is that your teeth can fall out, and you can have jaw issues, and so.
1: um Sounds like she needs an evaluation from somebody who's going to look a little bit deeper because, uh, yes, uh, osteonecrosis of the jaw is a complication of bisphosphonate osteoporosis therapy. Uh, What's causing her osteoporosis? Is it simply hormones or is it that she has a chronic inflammatory disorder which causes osteoporosis? That needs to be evaluated.
4: So um, chronic inflammatory, uh, that's probably diet related, huh?
1: Well, I just gave you about 20 different reasons for having chronic inflammatory illness throughout this show. So listen to the show again and get on ifm.org and find your girlfriend some help because she's not being served by the current uh, situation. Ifm.org. Okay, thanks. Yep. Jillian. I just had a
3: few questions about... uh... So I've struggled with anorexia and bulimia, and I've gotten past the point where I don't like what, what my body looks like, but now I'm at a point where I feel like as I eat that my body gets overwhelmed by the amount of food, even if, it's a, even if it's a very small amount, and I don't really know how to work back up to being able to eat food because and be able to give myself that nutrition that I feel like I need, So that I do need.
1: So. Well, um, I I'm not talking much about um, food or uh, eating disorders today, but um, a thought and that is um, consciousness drives everything. If you don't have a good meditation practice, get onto that. Craniosacral okay. therapy helps purge um, emotional things from the body that help you attach the things you don't need to. Esoteric healing is another energy work that might help with that. But its it sounds like it's a consciousness thing where you're actually visualizing what the food might be. Uh, another good source for actually changing the way you consider your body and what you do with your life is a great um, meditator named Dr. Joe Dispenza. His meditations are very transformative for many people. There's a couple of things you could try, Jillian, but um, I'm going to move on to Eric. Okay, thank you. Eric, from Tampa, are you there?
4: Um, just just a quick, uh, I'm 75 years old. Uh, I got a colonoscopy when I was 55 and 65, and everything was fine. And uh, last year, the doctor wanted me to get another one because it was 10 years later, and I said no, and they sent me out the, uh, where you give them a stool sample, and then you yes. send it back in, and everything was fine. This year, it came back with uh, very minute particles of blood in the stools, And uh, I said, that's probably because I have hemorrhoids. There was no blood on the It's just so minuscule. You know, there's no blood in the toilet, none on the paper. And and I have none of this in my family on either side. Mother, father, grandparents, cousins, nobody's ever had a problem.
1: But Eric, you did say that you had a polyp 10 years ago or no? No, no, no polyp. Nothing. Completely clear. Nothing.
4: Completely clear the last 20 years.
1: So if you've never, if you've never had a, a colon polyp or any prior problem there, um, there's a test called ColoGuard. And ColoGuard is much more accurate than a simple blood test uh, looking for a, a tumor that's leaking. That's really a, a, a rudimentary 50-, 60-year-old test. But ColoGuard is a, a, a genetic and marker test that will tell you um, if you have a polyp or a cancer in your colon. 95% accurate and sensitive is what I understand from the studies. So I would request from your doctor a ColoGuard test to start with well, what, and then decide whether you're going to go further. Well, what was the test I took where I gave them, you know, stool? That samples? was an occult blood. That was an occult blood. Hemocult. Okay. That's po- all it looked Cologard for. It was is blood. Okay. ColoGuard is the high-level cancer screening test. Gotcha. All right, sir. Thanks so much for your help. You're welcome. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. And Nikki from Bradenton. Hello, Dad. How are you? Hey, there. Great.
5: How are you today? Thank you. I just wanted to join your, your crusade, your, your quest for better nutrition for the general population. Everybody. Absolutely. Every, everybody should sprout their own sprouts. They can get seeds. Anything comes in a dry bag in a grocery store, pretty much. Yeah. Organic is better. And a jar with holes in the top. And then they can have their own farm. And sprouts are the most nutritious stuff you can eat in, in the vegetable world. They're brand new. They're fresh out of the seed, and every, And they don't cost anything. There are no food deserts in this country because everybody can
1: sprout. Yeah, one of the most amazing thing you could do actually is buy broccoli seeds. Broccoli sprouts are some of the most potent, beautiful foods you can eat. And so, yeah. Nikki, you're on it. Everybody should have their farm.
5: Mung beans. Everybody's got a kitchen counter. Everybody's got an empty jar. All you got to do is buy these things for real cheap and get it going, get a couple of them, and you've got a continual farm. <laughs> exactly. So I just wanted to, to chip in my concerns on that one, but it's more like two bucks. You know?
1: That was more like 20 bucks because everybody needs to hear that message, man. Thank you, Nikki.
5: Thank you, Doc. See
1: ya. Okay, um, Ron from Tampa.
6: I've got uh, multiple health problems. I have uh, yes, sir. a n- nerve disease called multifocal motor neuropathy, and then I have a uh, hemis monoclonal gammopathy of unknown significance. But I'm experiencing a lot of other symptoms that don't go along with that disease. Uh, uh, Cold sweats, uh really bad at night and then sweats throughout the day and uh extreme weakness, fatigue, trouble concentrating, mental confusion. Had all kinda of tests, brain scans, blood tests. But I feel there's something else going on.
1: Yes, I agree. Have you seen anybody who does high level um 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 Inflammation or sensitivity testing or uh, toxin testing?
6: No, I've seen a hematologist uh, at Moffitt and a neurologist
1: So the problem with with hematology is they won't look for why. There's no reason that you have MGUS. And so this is obvious evidence of a triggered immune system. What did it? You have a genetic predisposition to develop monoclonal gammopathy of unknown significance, meaning you're making lots of antibodies for unknown reasons. Um, But that is another way of saying you have a chronic inflammatory response syndrome. So I would I would personally, if I had these symptoms, I would get a toxic mold test, a toxic metal test, a petrochem toxin test, uh, a micronutrient test, and a cytokine test to find out what's turned on, what's inflamed, and how can we turn it off. So you probably need a functional medicine doctor to help you figure out what's going on there because this is a difficult situation.
6: I had the metal, to the metal test and the cytokine, and they were okay.
1: Oh, good. Okay. So you're on the right path. Um, So you do see a functional doctor? uh,
6: No, I pulled up their website that you mentioned, but uh, I have this multifocal motor neuropathy, which is, is, you know, uh, crippled my hands and arms.
1: Right. And why do you have that? Uh, I don't know. Right. The neurologist can't tell you that either. So you need a functional medicine doctor to find some source here. There's a possibility that you have a petrochem toxin or that you have something else going on or um, another immune trigger. Um, it sounds to me like you need some more workup because if you don't know why you got both of those things, there could still be something hiding there that's causing it.
6: Well, the why, uh, I used to work uh, in a refinery where there was a lot of benzene.
1: And uh, so there you go. There, there's the toxin. Have you had your body checked for benzene and associated chemicals? Uh, nobody I know does those kind of tests. Great Plains Laboratory uh, is one of the uh, companies I use for um, Petrochem testing.
6: Yeah. Well, I'm just at a loss uh, that there's no treatments available for the neuropathy. That
1: um, are, well, have you uh, been on?
6: It um, slows the progression.
1: Yeah, that's, that's about it. And so you need to find out why it's going on and stop the process. And these are some possible solutions. And talking with a good functional medicine doctor is a way to get deeper into possible triggers.
6: Yeah, right now they started me on a drug called Rituxan. Yes. Does and that, that a bad um, reaction to uh, the immunoglobulin?
1: Yes. Well, you make too much immunoglobulin, so I don't know why they'd give you more. But the rituxan actually is one that actually just turns off your immune system. So that's an interesting approach. I've watched it work. But again, you're just radioactively turning off cells. You're killing your immune cells right. to stop them being so active. So get deep. Get deep, my friend. Okay. Um, so I need to move on.
6: Okay. Thank you.
1: Have a great day. You too. Um, have a few seconds left here. Sue from Auburn Dale asks, uh, how can you tell if you're suffering from mold? Well, I just mentioned, um, on the show all the symptoms that are, uh, part of that. And I think it's a really good idea to, um, uh, consider those issues, um, uh, and then see if you do fit those diagnoses and look at the surviving mold website. You'll get lots more information there. It's excellent. Excellent. Um, let's see. Uh, Can Paxlovid and and COVID affect the PSA? It's quite possible because any kind of inflammation can do that. Um, Robin, hello, Robin um, from the island again, Anna-Marie Island, I believe. She says, great show. Nutritionally speaking, a diet higher in alkaline foods is one of the answers. Absolutely. You need lots of those really good vegetables and fruits. So um, we're down to the end of the hour and I want to thank Gary, for being on the boards. I'm not sure who's answering the phones. If it's Clark, good. If it's Gary, good. Thank you all uh, for the support. And uh, this uh, next week, um, we're going to be talking about gluten, gluten sensitivity and celiac disease. We have a really, uh, I'm going to continue on this pathway because celiac disease is autoimmune and we need to follow up. Love you all. Have a great week.